Hello everyone, welcome to Kiss Kiss Game Game. My name is Andrew Cogswell, uh, one of your hosts uh, every other week on this lovely podcast about gaming and relationships. Uh, joining me is my partner in crime, my co-pilot on this magical <laughs> podcast journey, uh, Jessica Howard. Hey. Hi, Jessica. Um, and then for the first time ever, we have a Patreon supporter who um, is has... Okay, not for the first time ever we have a Patreon, because we had Kaylee last week. That's true. And also Adam the week before, and they're both Patreon supporters as well. That's true. But Eric is unique in that he uh, supported us at our $30 tier, which is the Sugar Daddy tier. Yes. So Eric is actually our Sugar Daddy. Yes. This uh, podcast. Yeah. So Eric, you picked... First of all, hello. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Um, You picked... Tell us what you picked for what game you want to talk about. So I have picked my favorite game of all time. I can say that with clarity. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Perfect. Um, So A damn good title to have as your favorite game of all time. Yes, it is. Very uh, widely considered a great game. Yes, uh, easily 2015's Juggernaut of the the year. Well, 2015 was a juggernaut in itself. Yeah, but it's crazy that in a year that had Fallout 4... It wasn't even in like talks for game of the year mm-hmm. because of Witcher Three. <laughs> like it just got steamrolled. Yeah. That's because I mean, like Fallout Four was an awesome open world experience, but when you hold up The Witcher next to it, it's like mm. yeah, it's like. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Eric, where can people find you on the interwebs, uh, Twitter uh, and whatnot? I am on the interwebs, so it's pretty simple. Uh, my Twitter is Eric C Gin, so it's G I N N N. I grew up. Everyone thought my last name was Jin. Growing up, so I told myself if I ever owned a business, it would be a bar called Gin and Juice as a play. Nice. Oh, I love that. To be fair, I thought it was gin until just now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You're not the first. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Eric C. Gin on Twitter. It's Eric C. Gin on Twitch. Uh, just Facebook. It's just Eric Gin. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. And you, you, you're starting. You're, you're similar to Cable. We were coming back into Twitch streaming again. You were, you did it for a while, but now you're doing it more often again. Yeah. So, do you have a set schedule? Uh, well, I'm gonna try to do Sundays and Mondays because um, I'm off on those days uh, for my work, and so and I don't really like streaming in the morning time. I like to wind down before work. I don't like to, you know, um, talk with people much. I just want it to be my time. But uh, Sundays and Mondays is when I really want to do the streaming. I may not do it tonight because all my energy is focused on this podcast right now. But uh, yeah, probably we'll do it tomorrow. Cool, perfect, and cool. we'll have to check you out and come come visit. Yeah, we've we've popped in a couple times. You play a lot of Overwatch. I do, um, which is always fun. Such a good game. Yes, um, episode two. It's funny how like the last the last few episodes for you guys have been like you talk about Overwatch. I'm like, oh, I can talk about Overwatch all day. And then last week, Kaylee got to do Persona Five. <laughs> And that was, I was like, oh, I want to talk about Persona 5. But then I thought, you know what? It's okay. I get The Witcher. It's fine. You do. You know, what's funny is Witcher was one of the ones that we had talked about doing when we started the podcast. Um, But we're like, that's such a monster of a title to take on. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we'll get around to it. And then you, you, as soon as Patreon opened up, like within the first day, you're like, 
I'm going to do the sugar daddy tier, and I want to talk about which we're like, okay, well, we're doing this way faster than we thought we were going to do it. <laughs> but we were, like, super excited. Yeah, though. like, we're still stoked, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, let's go now. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. It's getting real. Yeah, because, I mean, Persona 5 is a, you know, 100-hour game, but Witcher is easily 200 if you just do part of the side quest. Yeah, I've, you know? I've put about you can put a lot 300 time. hours into Witcher 3. Uh, yeah. Damn. It's, uh, yeah. that makes you sort of fly be an expert, then. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'm, like, 75 hours but yeah, I it's also um, didn't do a lot of the side stuff. Yeah, I pretty much did. Every, like, we'll we'll get into it. But yes, Witcher Three is uh, yeah. it's it's definitely a masterpiece, and uh, I have so many notes right here. I'm looking at for to talk about. Perfect. I'm glad you're prepared. So, for those of you who have never listened to an episode of Kiss Kiss Game Game, what we do every other week is we pick one game to talk about. We give our impressions of it. Uh, we don't review it per se. We're not going to give it a score. We're going to talk about things we liked about, things we didn't like about it. Uh, give kind of an overview of it, and then we're going to talk about specifically a relationship in the or relationships in the game and how the game represents certain relationships. And so we, we talk about that for a little bit, and then we'll transition that into kind of real world applications. Um, so in the past, we did Persona Five, which was. Um, in the game balancing you know who's best girl uh you know you have multiple romance options in the game so we kind of transitioned that into the real world aspect of uh have you ever dealt with a love triangle or a love shape and so yeah that's what we do every other week um you can find us at patreon.com slash kkgg podcast i got it right this time this is the yeah. fourth time <laughs> fourth time's th- a third charm. time actually because no, the first time okay we so one. third time's a charm which is actually a saying yes so third <laughs> time's a charm i finally know the name of our own patreon um <laughs> Uh, it's baby steps baby steps everyone um so yeah we'll start out with just talking about the witcher and general impressions eric you have already made it very clear that this is your favorite game of all time for good reason yes i I think that's where we should start i think that we should open the floor up to eric and uh kind of tell us why you picked this game and like what makes this game so special for you so i would i I would love to hear this um so I never played Witcher one and two. I, I knew that they existed, and I played. Um, I, I, I digress. I did play a little bit of Witcher one uh, on my buddy's mm-hmm. PC, but it was only like the first act. I didn't really get far into it, so I couldn't really um, connect with the series. And then I never played Witcher two, and so like the hype for Witcher three, my buddy who plays PC was saying, "Dude, The Witcher is an amazing series." I'm like, "Oh, I've heard of it." But I've never played it. And so just the hype going up to Witcher 3, I'm like, you know what? I love open world RPGs. Uh, let me try this out. And actually, funny enough, when I started Witcher 3, I did not like it that much. I don't know what it was. I was like, ah. I remember my brother walking into my room as I'm playing. And granted, I just finished playing Dragon Age Inquisition, um, mm-hmm. which coincidentally enough ties into my like of witcher uh but i'll get to that uh later but uh he said you're not gonna like this game i'm like i don't know it's weird uh some stuff is weird (laughs) and then because i think it was the gameplay at first i was like the gameplay uh felt weird but then like two weeks after the game launched they released that patch that added the alternate uh movement style and um i went as soon as i turned that um, mode on it clicked and I'm like oh nice. all right, this feels good to play now and um, I'm going around and I'm in the first area and then I zoom out I'm like whoa this is the this is the tutorial area holy shit yeah. um, <laughs> it, 
it, it kind of did what Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild did with the Grand Plateau at the beginning, where, like, that was such a huge area. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, there's a bigger world here. It did that first. Because yeah, I did the same and, thing. Um, I was like, this is huge. Yeah. And then you zoom out and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is massively <laughs> huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the Witcher 3's first area is bigger than most games' uh, main area. Um, <laughs> which is crazy. But, um, yeah. Puppy. So yeah, that's our puppy. Yeah, my puppy's laying right by me right now, just napping Aww. like he always does. Aww. But so as I'm playing The Witcher Three, I have no connection with these characters, so it's like I'm coming at them mm. fresh, and yeah. um, I can kind of paint my own canvas with them because I don't have any backstory with these characters. So everything that goes forward, I choose. I don't have any like, oh, this is what this character would do. As in previous games, he was roguish now. Yeah. So I, I could paint the story. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. the more I play, the more I was like, I have never felt more in a world before. I, I felt mm-hmm. as though I was in the world. No other, excuse me, no other video game has ever made me feel as though I was part of the world Going around uh, to like the individual towns and just seeing, going like to notice boards and have them posting like, "Hey, by the way, I've got trolls in my uh, basement," yeah. and uh, it's like, "All right, this is like an actual town. They're posting for help." And then, yeah, I learned that hey, this town is a um, fur trade place for the big city over there. And what's happening in this town is affecting what's happening in the big city. And so I felt even more connected. I felt as though as um, I was part of this living, breathing world. And you, you have other examples yeah. of living, breathing worlds. Like GTA Five is um, an immense world. Like everything, it just makes sense uh, with what everything is, with like the beaches. I think GTA has a, an advantage in it that it's designed like a modern city. So mm-hmm. I feel like building that world is a little bit easier than building a world like The Witcher. And, and there's something I actually thought about on my way here, like as I was driving home, is like the, what you were talking about, like how immersive the world is and like how the little towns were fun to visit because everyone felt different. They didn't feel cookie cutter. I say it's so easy in fantasy games to, um, I mean, like the towns might be a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like, um, like take something like Skyrim where you have, you know, um, what like Riften, which is more like thievy and, yeah. uh, you know, like there's like slight differences, but it's like, I think that's, I haven't played that game. I, so yeah, long. I, I, I'm tentatively agreeing with you. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but you know, you have all these different, um, cities, but they all seem relatively similar. It's like, oh, you have your standard town with the old pub and a prison and you know, like yeah. the staple things. And, um, I don't know with the Witcher. Yeah, it does feel different. Um, I'm not as far as you guys in it. I've probably only put like 25 hours into it. I haven't even beat the game. Um, But it does. All the towns feel different. And I think that um, the side quests in the game are unlike side quests that I've ever played in Mm -hmm. any game ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And that definitely adds to it. Yep. And um, I think just one of the things um, that really I connected with the most was... uh, Actually, Geralt. Uh, so funny. En- really? Mm-hmm. So funny enough. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on my Twitter this morning. It was great waking up and seeing that the voice actor for Geralt 
Yeah. <laughs> I saw that's that incredible. and was like floored. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's really that's awesome. That's so cool. That is so, so, I've so heard, cool. I've heard nothing but nice things about that guy. Like, I've, like, from fan interactions that people have had with him, like, he seems like the nicest dude. It was, it was just so great. Cool. Like, I woke up, like, super early this morning. I don't know why, because it was like Christmas for me. I'm like, hey, I get to talk about The Witcher today. And so <laughs> yeah. I wake oh, up that and warms I, my heart. Yeah. And so I see that uh, he tweeted at me. Now, granted, it was just, like, it was just a simple, just, just the fact that he acknowledged me, and that's what's just so—that's yeah. what's just so crazy about just us and actors and stars and everything. Just, just the time they take out just to say hello—it just makes your day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I think it's one of the coolest things with Twitter too. Is like Twitter makes it actually accessible to like talk to these people. Yeah. Like, I mean, it like, and this is kind of a small little tangent. I'm not gonna talk about it for like longer than ten seconds. But no, <laughs> I mean, even with Andrew and I when we visited uh, IGN, the only reason that we were able to get into IGN is because of Twitter and yeah. because of contacting people. And uh, like, these people were nice enough to take time out of their day to like say, "Hey, we'll help you. We'll get you in." Mm-hmm. And I mean, Joey Noel from Kind of Funny is who ended up getting us tickets to go. Yeah. And so it's just so cool that you know, we are able to talk to people. You're able to talk to Geralt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's so cool. Yeah, my so, uh, fiance was right next to me. And I'm like, sweetie, Bay just tweeted me. <laughs> because I, I stand that Geralt is Bay for me. I'm sorry, Nathan Drake. But He's your video Geralt game boyfriend. Is, Geralt is Bay. Um, so so and before so, we go too much. Before we go too much farther, uh, real quick, let's just do a quick what? Who is Geralt and what does he do? Um, so, because I've, if you haven't played the game, you might not know, and so some of this might not make sense. But Geralt is a witcher, right? And he they're monster hunters, correct? Yes, yes, they are. So, so and they're trained. They're they're mutants. They have they're they're genetically different from normal humans. Um, they're celibate. They live longer too, right? Yeah, they're, the, not, celibate, they're right? not celibate, but they're like they're, they're they, they are sterile. Yeah, they're sterile. Sarah. That's what that's the word I was looking for. But um, they live. Oh, trust water, me, right? Geralt. Geralt's not celibate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You said I, that, that, and I was like, the <laughs> worst word to describe Geralt. Um, so yeah, so when you go to these towns that Eric, you were talking about earlier, when there's like different job postings posted up, people are mostly looking for you to kill monsters because that's your job. But like, there's also just small little stuff. But that small little stuff is still fun. And never like, the crazy thing fetchy. is, what adds to the complexity is that in this world. Uh, witchers are kind of viewed as second-class citizens. Um, mm-hmm. They're viewed as just these genetic freaks that yeah. are just, hey, you're you're good for one thing. Try don't interact with us normal people, like you yeah, or us normies. Yeah, you uh you go with the filth and yeah, you just kill monsters. That's all you do. Yeah. You have no place in this yeah. society, and just going yeah. almost kind of viewed as like beasts. Yeah, yeah the, because yeah. they are they are they are non-human because most of their humanity is uh was kind of stripped away when they take all their Witcher um, potions and um, going back to just Geralt himself and the voice actor, so he's stripped of all emotion. So when he talks, he has this monotone when he speaks, and I think it just added to this sense of um, just fair fairness with everything he looked at everything from just a blank slate and he didn't have any preconceived notions or anything going into a uh a job or something and so the voice actor doug cockle he did a great job of just conveying that even when he had no emotion even as though Geralt has no emotion i can feel all the stuff that he's going through 
because mm-hmm. um, a, a good thing that The Witcher does is it shows who's really monsters and who's not. So on one quest, you may be trying to hunt this troll. And of course, most people in The Witcher world, oh, trolls are bad, trolls are bad, trolls are evil creatures. And then I remember this quest, I went to go see this troll, and this troll wanted to paint. He stole oh, yeah. He stole some paint from this ship, and he's just minding his own business, and he's having a wonderful time just painting on a rock. Granted, it looks terrible, <laughs> but he's having <laughs> such a wonderful time, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I can't kill this guy. I can't. Mm-hmm. He's minding his own business. He's finding joy in things. And really, that's what makes Geralt so great. It's because the fact he has no preconceived notions going into a job. He can see what's really happening. And he can see that sometimes, cliche, the humans are the worst monsters. And um, (laughs) and it kind of of reminded me of Bigby from Wolf Among Us. So when I played as Bigby, of course, he's the big bad wolf fairy tale land and so like i said he has everyone has this preconceived notion about him that he's bad he's evil and but the way i played him was he's trying to make up for everything he did so he's trying to be yeah, a better that's, person I mean, that's, that's exactly how i played big b too that's how i played and so with Geralt, like everyone hates witchers everyone doesn't like witchers but, but i did my them. best to make it seem like hey i'm being the better person here Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I. I think what you're describing is honestly one of the better parts about Geralt's character because it's so easy to look at Geralt as just a boring blank slate, like as an, almost an avatar for you. But I mean, behind his lack of emotion is actually a character and a well-defined character at that. Um, is he the most deep character I've ever played? No, but no, by no means. But he's still such a solid, well-rounded character. Throwing in my two cents and some things that were said because it's really because I'm I'm definitely okay. Going back to what you were talking about playing Dragon Age Inquisition before this. Um, and I'm a huge Bioware fangirl. I really like Bioware's games. You haven't made that apparent over the last I, know, I, right? I haven't. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what I was going to say, though, is it's interesting because The Witcher does a couple things kind of different that pay off, I feel like, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's almost kind of a dangerous move nowadays, um, not entirely, but a little bit, to make a character that is not a projection of the player who's playing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. look at the Elder Scrolls games, look at Fallout, look at Dragon um, Age, Dragon Age yep. Mass Effect, all of these things. Like, um, they're, they're avatars You build you. a character, or yeah. even Link. Yeah. Link is more of a projection of the player than he is an actual person. Yeah, because um, Link has no personality. Exactly. I, I agree he's with meant that. meant for you to project yourself onto him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're supposed to feel like you're the one doing it. The Witcher, which of course it's based off of books, so um, naturally it has more guidance as far as making the character of mm-hmm. Geralt. Um, it, it doesn't allow you to immerse yourself into a fantasy world in that way, mm-hmm. but it makes Geralt such an engaging person mm-hmm. that you're still immersed um, and you like him. And I, honestly, I would say Uncharted is the same way. Yeah. Um, Uncharted, you don't put yourself in the place of Nate Drake. You play Nate Drake's story. And yeah. you're like, this is such a cool guy. I enjoy doing this. And to an extent, too, like to, to go with more of the open world aspect, RPG aspect of it, I think Aloy from Horizon was trying to emulate Geralt, but I just don't think it succeeded on yeah, the same level that have, Geralt yeah, did. Yeah, she didn't have... Yeah, I agree with that. Um, because she is... This is her story. You're playing her story. You were playing her. She's not supposed to be your avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, you're experiencing her story and her, her journey. But like I said, I, I don't think she's... It, and uh, Like I said, 
I don't think Geralt's a very deep character, but he's well-rounded. Aloy wasn't well-rounded, and she wasn't very deep. So she she missed two marks where I feel like Geralt made up for his lack of depth with his well-roundedness and his... The world around him kind of saved him from being boring. Um, And, like, his his life as a witcher and, like, the the lore behind that, I think, makes Geralt really fucking interesting. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, it was just... What were you going to say, Eric? It's just... Going to that, I much prefer games like that where it's like, hey, give me a character. Like, it's fun mm-hmm. making myself into a game or like Fallout and stuff, but it's like, tell me the story. I like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to see myself in the game. I want to just tell me the story of this character. Now, sometimes, I mean, I digress. I love Fallout, I love Mass Effect, love Dragon Age. All mm-hmm. those games are wonderful and stuff, but it's just for this one, had it been a situation like you create your own Witcher, I would not have probably liked this game as much. Oh, no. I I, I completely agree. I, I think yeah. that, like I said, I think that it's sometimes more dangerous because I think that more and more it's becoming common for people to want the open world and to want to be in the game themselves, you yeah. know, and make their character have that experience. If you want that, play but, D&D. Yeah. yeah. Like, but no, I, I think that The Witcher, I think that it couldn't have been done any other way. No, I think I agree. that it's perfect the, like, using that and like in having that be a story that's told. I, I think in the, in the same, in the same, like now that you mentioned that, like now that I'm thinking about some of my favorite games of the last few years, it there are games where I'm not playing as an avatar. I'm playing as the character. As a person. Yeah. yeah. So like, for example, Snake in Metal Gear Solid, if he was, if you could make your own, like, for example, in Phantom Pain, if you could make your own, like, secret agent, like, that game would be... F- fucking stupid yeah it wouldn't it be had really to be snake story mm-hmm. and obviously the metal gear solid is a much- metal gear metal gear i could talk about all day too so. <laughs> oh my god oh no, I think we gotta that, save that for another time yep. <laughs> i think that games where you make your own character are generally they're safer and yeah. they're always pretty good yeah. but when you knock it out of the park with a character um where you're you're learning their story and it couldn't be anybody else it has to be that person um i think you have the chance to make really great games well, and i think the witcher is a good example of that. I, I think part of that is you said it's safer to make it where you just put yourself in i think it, it it's safer for a company as far as a money standpoint because it's easier to get a casual player into a story like that mm-hmm. it's not as overwhelming where like the witcher like you said earlier eric like you didn't play the first or second one really i'm kind of in the same boat i played the beginning of the first one multiple times and i kept losing my save data from switching around on pcs and then um, I started playing the second one, and my computer at the time wasn't good enough to run it, so I barely made it. I made it to the first boss, and my computer would like lag up. So going into Witcher Three, like that is a risk for CD Projekt Red to say, "Hey, this is a story and like lore that is established and a character mm-hmm. that is defined. This is not you." So it's harder to sell that to a casual audience. Witcher Three did something very unprecedented in that sense that they came out with a third entry in a series that was limited to mostly PC for a long time. Yeah, Witcher Two was on Xbox 360, but the, for the f- series for the first time to come to P- to PlayStation system and sell really fucking well across all three it platforms. It sells so well. It shouldn't have done that, and I think that speaks to the testament of how good of a game mm-hmm. it is and how well crafted the world is and how immersive it actually is, even though you aren't playing as you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it speaks to the, the quality of the game, that it was able to do that. And no, uh, granted, I, I'm not blind to, of course, everyone, like came out in 2015, many uh, game published sites, uh, Game of the Year. And again, like I'm not blind. I know that not everyone loves The Witcher as much as I do. Because I, yeah. I do know that sometimes the combat can get a little frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. It... Um, there, there were times where just something wouldn't happen or someone would glitch out real quick. And so I don't think The Witcher 3 is perfect. It damn near is. 
But there are some things that I didn't want to make it seem like we're just buttering up The Witcher. We're not going to talk about the things that sometimes people have a problem with. Oh, yeah. You know, I definitely have some problems with it. Um, I think it's a great... I, I think you're completely right. I think it's a great game, but it does. It definitely has some major flaws. And I think one of those flaws, at least for me, and it's not necessarily its fault, is the fact that I would have cared a lot more about the game and the plot if I had played the first two. I agree with that. I think that at first the game is not quite accessible yep. to people who aren't um, very familiar with the series. Like I remember even playing things and I'm like, I feel like this should have meaning to me, but it doesn't. Yep. And it's not really the fault of Project Red um, because like I said, I mean, like what Andrew said, like I should have played the first two. But I think that because this was the first time that it was coming to console and because they knew this was going to be, I'm, I don't know, maybe they didn't know it would be as, as huge as they it was. Um, There's no way they didn't know. There should have been a little bit more there to help get people acquainted and to yeah. help get people started. Um, like I would have loved yeah. like an optional recap, like hour and a half long, like cinematic to like catch you up on the first two games. Yeah. Like the keep points. I mean, it doesn't points. even have to, I, it just, just something. Um, yeah. You know, I, it's, but then yeah. you, you have to tell the line between um holding the person's hand and like and this is what happened in, in, in like that's what i'm saying optional you know yeah but, i guess yeah. it should have been optional but um just something something to make it a little bit more accessible because for example like i mean eric you i'm sure you can name off the characters a lot more than i can but like there's a ton of characters in witcher 3 mm-hmm. and, and there's a ton <laughs> of cities that all seem to be very important and there's like a war going yeah. on and you know so it's it's something that um I don't know. I think there needed to be a little history catch-up lesson there for well, me. That's what I'm saying. Is like there's so many characters in that game, and most of them are from previous games. So like, and the, the, Geralt has I'm sorry. a relationship in history with them. No, mm-hmm. you're fine. Uh, Geralt has a relationship in history with them that I feel like, yeah, I just like I know it's right there. Like this should mean something just a little bit more, and it frustrates me that it it doesn't to me. Mm-hmm. Well, even like the first oh. um, king you meet when you finally uh, you meet up with Yennefer again. Yeah. Um. There's obviously history between you and this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you guys fought at one point. Like, there's that's, there's that's uh, dad, tension right? there. Yeah, Siri's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what happened. Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those things where, like, I, you're right. I, I should have, you know, because I feel like that's, like, the biggest thing is, like, people are going to be like, oh, well, you could have just played the game. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, the second or the third or the first one. Um, and yes, but at the same time, I just wish that it would have been more accessible. Well, and real talk, Witcher 1 did not age well. It just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very clunky combat system. Um. And that's something else with Witcher 3 is, like, the, the combat system in Witcher 3, I get that it's deep because of, like, the uh, the, po- the oils and stuff like that that you can put on your sword to be effective against certain enemies. That got too tedious for me. I just put the game on easy mode because I didn't want to have to deal with oils and crap. I just wanted to play through the game. Yeah. I would agree. It is, like, all of the things that you have to add on or, like, I mean, the spells weren't too bad, but, like, no. the skill tree, there's just so much. I, I like there's... the skill tree. I think it's a really clever skill tree. I think it, I don't know, it was a little big for me. Yeah, um, I think you just need to get used to it, because I was overwhelmed by it at first, honestly. Yeah. But I think once you get into the skill tree, I think it's actually a really well-designed and cool idea because mm-hmm. of the mutagens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as, like, the oils and, like, the all that, like, that was way too much. It's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, and I, I agree. I think that, um, especially for people starting out, and what's funny is because, so, Eric, you said you weren't a huge fan of it at the beginning. Um I was never not like really a fan, but it is, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like my biggest complaint overall is I don't think it's super accessible for people who aren't prepared to put in like at least 20 hours before they feel hooked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that would probably be my biggest complaint. It's, of it. it's like somebody who's like, Oh, I heard the Lord of the Rings books are really good. I'm going to read the Cimmerillion. 
<laughs> like, if you don't know what you're getting into, like, that's gonna be a huge shock for you. And I feel like The Witcher's kind of the same way. Like, oh, I heard Witcher 1 and 2 is really good. Uh, let me dive into this massive world with this, yeah. you know, years of lore and this really well-constructed world, but just, oh my god, is it overwhelming. I think of now that you guys are talking, a, a reason why I, what my hooking thing was for it, or the moment where it hooked for me, was I was telling my brothers and uh, fiance Tessa, I was like, this is basically kind of like medieval supernatural. Like I'm going yeah. and I'm reading about, yeah, I'm no, reading about these that. monsters. I'm learning about everything. Just like in the show, like, Oh, Dean, I've got this new monster. It can <laughs> drink soda. <laughs> How do we kill it, Sam? I don't, it was just, um, that's, that's a really great point. I never thought about that. Well, and I think like that says something too for the side quests in that game because I mentioned oh. earlier the side quests are really good. Um, the side quests are very much handled like that monster of the week sort of thing. It's great yeah. because it's, the side quests aren't just like, oh, um, I need you to fetch five flowers for me. Go do that. Maybe you'll encounter a monster. Bring it back. It's like, no, there's actually like real monsters that seem to have meaning over a town or for a person and you have to go take care of it. A lot of the monsters have personalities. Yeah. Like like Mm -hmm. you were saying er earlier, Eric, with the troll, like the troll just wanted to paint. Like you feel Mm -hmm. bad sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's like you have to make that decision. I think that's where it's options, even though they're pretty insignificant choices, like they make you feel something. Whereas games like Mass Effect there's options but like it's like oh do you want to bully them into giving you an extra 100 credits or do you want to just take what they're willing to pay you like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. like that's what that's mass effects like moral dilemma for a lot of like the smaller stuff like that a little bit like it does have the like you can get more money or you cannot like it does but i mean like like i'm saying like mass effect side missions are like that's kind of what it comes down to they don't seem really weighty for a lot of them they're just kind of there. Well, and to... this is something that I was going to bring up earlier when I started talking about. Um, I brought up Bioware and yeah. stuff like that. I was going to bring up the fact. Are you a that... fan of Bioware games? <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan okay. of Bioware <laughs> games. Um, but no, what I was going to bring up, and this is something that Eric kind of mentioned earlier too, is that I think that because and you, you said that Geralt's kind of more monotone. Um, he's been kind of stripped of emotions and he sees things more objectively. Um, Bioware love them to death, but I feel like they make it very hard for you to actually play the game um, without taking the moral route. Yeah, uh, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like I feel like they're generally always like pushing you to be the the better person and to be the hero. And yeah. even Renegade at times, like the Renegade option is just being kind of mean to somebody but still doing the right thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. With The Witcher. I feel like you actually it's it's not so much like black and white and then mostly taking the white path. You know what I mean? I feel like it's seeing situations in different lightings. um, You have to sometimes like you're not given all the information. Sometimes you have an unreliable source telling you things or like Um, you didn't find a note earlier that would have told you. something. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a lot more realistic in how you handle um, missions and how you handle people. It's more D&D. It is. It is more D and D. It's not so much black. And, like I said, it's not so much black and white. It's yeah. shades of gray, and the shades of gray are incredibly interesting. Yeah. Um, so I like think Mass that Effect that's... is like me trying to D and D, like DM, mm-hmm. and like be like, you have these two options, and I like have no imagination behind them for the most part. And then like an expert DM is The Witcher. Yeah. Like I feel like that's what it is. Like no, and, and like you know, another game that springs to mind is Fable too. Yeah. I feel like it's so easy to create a, a good bad system in a game mm-hmm. and be like, this gives you good points, this gives you bad points. You know, um, and I love those. I'm not, I'm not trying to like shit on them because yeah. I really do think they're really cool. But um, The Witcher kind of transcends that. It does, and I do like that. Um, Eric, you mentioned that the moment that hooked you. Um, for me, the moment that hooked me. Speaking of side quests and stuff, was the Bloody Baron. 
Yeah, that um, was um I was I was just about to mention the bloody baron. Okay. Um so I, I think he is the best quest in the game. It's a great example. Like when me people talk about Witcher Three story, like the Bloody Baron is one of the main things. Like I remember uh just everyone would talk about the Bloody Baron quest. So I, I was looking forward to get excited. I, we're free to talk about spoilers, right? Game for a game that's almost yeah, three yeah, years old. Good. Um yeah, yeah, I guess what we'll do is right here, right now, we'll officially say we're going to talk spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're listening, uh, and we always generally do talk about spoilers on the show. Uh, heads up for anybody listening to any one of our Kiss Kiss Game Game shows. Yep. But from here on out, uh, we will go full spoilers. Yep. So Yeah, so I, I won't get too deep, but like the main thing in the Bloody Baron quest is like, are you helping this guy? Like, oh, he just seems like kind of a fun, just leader, kind of drunk all the time. It's fine hey i need to find your family what happened and everything and then the more you play the more you realize that oh my god this dude beat his pregnant wife and uh he it's just they add these layers and a and d is a great example my uh a friend of mine who used to dm for me he would add these layers of complexity where you start going then oh crap here's another layer right here. And it just adds to this where it's like, holy crap, this guy's not even that great. Um, and then like in the end, I found the wife and the, the daughter and uh, talked with them about it. And the guy got so sad because they wouldn't come back. He just hung himself. Yep, and same here. So it, it adds to, and just going just the feeling of choice in this game. Um, now, granted, most video games now, they give you that option of choice and they give you that, okay, you can take this road, you can take this road, this road, but there are a lot of choices in this game that truly matter, with whether it be the uh, quest, relationships, which we'll get into later. But I remember a big one for me, and this is, this is fun, uh, this is a fun one. So in the final expansion pack, uh, Blood and Wine, there's a moment mm-hmm. in the expansion where um, you can decide to do one of two options with uh, how Geralt progressed. It's like, I can go talk to this person or I can go talk to this person. And you don't think it's going to, you think it's going to wind up at the same road. And it eventually does, but the journey there is crazy. I remember I took the choice and I didn't know which way it was going to go. And then. In my choice, I went to this magical fantasy land in a book. And uh, everything yeah, was sunshine and rainbows. And I'm sitting there as Geralt, and I'm like, what? There are unicorns <laughs> running around. <laughs> and Geralt went into this fantasy land with all the fables. So I'm going around, yeah. and I'm helping the three little pigs. I'm helping. I, th- I remember I stepped on Thumbelina. I'm running, and then I hear a crunch, <laughs> and I can loot Thumbelina's dead corpse. I'm like, oh crap! I'm oh so God. sorry. Um, and like Rapunzel uh, was up in her tower, and she turned into a wraith because she hung herself with her hair. I'm like, geez, this is insane. And it was so <laughs> oh God. crazy. And then I talked to my buddy, and he's like, what? What are you talking about? I went into like this weird, dark, upside down world where everything was dark, twisted and all trippy and everything. I'm like, what you did? I went this way. And it just shows how just just a simple choice can affect everything. 
and how it shows how much it shows how much care they put into their quest design. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. That's all I had to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm typically a person, um, even in uh, games that I love, like Bioware games. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It never ends, um, folks. It, gets, it, never, it never ends, no. Uh, it's harder for me to... I'm not, like, a super side quest person. Like, I'm horrible. I, like, never platinum <laughs> games. I think my only platinum's from, like, Telltale games. Yeah, Telltale because Batman. you have to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not somebody who's really... I'm not a completionist. Um, but with The Witcher, I think the first side quest that I ever did in that game was the one with the woman haunting the well. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is actually like, and what's funny is once I finished it, I was like, that was part of the story, wasn't it? And then I looked, I'm like, that wasn't a story quest. I was like floored a little bit. I was like, normally, because I don't usually find side quests too engaging. Like I don't, nobody has time to go. Like I said, I'm going to go with the pick flowers example that I gave earlier. You know, they're just boring. It gets old. It's like, it's like playing an MMO, you know, where it's just like, gather these materials, gather red dye. I don't want just fetch quests. I don't want just like gathering things. When I did that um, woman in the well quest, I was like, this is actually pretty fucking cool. Like, I felt like I was doing something. I felt like I was helping out. I felt like this was something that would make the game progress. And when I realized it wasn't a story quest, I was like, okay, I can actually get into this. I can get into this monster hunting business. Yeah. I mean, um, and I think again to draw a comparison between witcher and horizon and just to show how much how good her, uh witcher is is i feel like horizon tried doing that with its side quest too it it, it had fetch quests but they tried to make they try to add actual like interesting plots and a lot of them mm-hmm. didn't have interesting plot points in the side quest but not nearly to the extent that witcher did yeah and i feel like that's just them trying to emulate how deep the witcher's quest system is and mm-hmm. how varied and detailed it is <laughs> but no i think when witcher came out it Definitely has set the bar for open world RPGs. Um, and now, granted, a lot of people are saying now Zelda has set the bar. And, well, I agree. Zelda is a very good game. But for, like, the high fantasy, all that stuff, like, I, it's going to be hard to uh, not look at a game objectively and go, all right, Witcher did this just like this. So, like, Witcher did all these wonderful things, and, like, I, it's difficult for me to go back to Dragon yep. Age now. Because when I play Dragon Age Inquisition, I'm like, oh, oh, like, all these requisition quests. I'm like, ah, this is, oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Tessa's playing Dragon Age. Tessa's playing Dragon Age right now, and it's just, I keep, I keep telling her, like, play The Witcher 3, yeah. play The Witcher 3. Um, But it really has, and, like, I have to look at the complete package with Witcher. It's crazy because had it just been the base game, I, I don't think Witcher 3 would be my favorite game of all time. You just I have to add mm-hmm. in those expansions because they just add more to this yeah. character and they add more to this world. Like at the I remember like I said this is a game where I just came in this is my first one and there are characters in here that when they say goodbye, mm-hmm. I feel that that's how good of a job they did. Like with Triss, like Triss, like there was a scene where she went away on a ship and I'm, I'm feeling something here. I'm like, I don't know that much about you, but the way you guys are crafting this, I feel for this character now. And it's just, uh, there's just so much I could talk no, about I, I with mean, Witcher. I totally get that. Like Jessica kind of mentioned earlier how The Witcher 3 isn't super accessible, but I feel like... At the beginning, it's not. The f- definitely, like, the first, like, 10 or so hours are not super accessible. 
but as the game goes on eric i think you're exactly right is like they do such a good job of making you care about the characters not their past but what's going on with them currently mm-hmm. you know their past definitely plays into mm-hmm. it but they do such a good job of they do make a good a solid self-contained story um i just like it's it just like enhanced if you know the past you know um so you can care about the characters yeah i agree uh, i cared about i i i, I cared about Siri and girl's relationship i i i was worried for siri i felt bad for her mm-hmm. i felt bad for Geralt. i mean i got i didn't get the best ending and i felt bad for Geralt. and like i went back and looked i was like how do i get the best ending it's like that's gonna take way too much work i can't i can't put the time in to do that and i felt bad yeah i i hear you at the end of at the end of my uh my playthrough i thought i got yeah. the bad ending and then uh Siri showed up, and I'm like, oh, thank yeah. God. I got, I got, like, the, I, I got the Oh, man. So I didn't get the bad one, but I didn't get the good one either. I got the, I got the middle of the road one. Mm-hmm. So I... <sighs> they just did such a good job of just taking this character and making yeah. you care about him. I'm, I'm working on the first expansion right now. I got him last summer on a sale, like the season pass, and I'm trying to get back into it, but there's just so many other things to play right now. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I, I completely, I completely yeah, like, agree I'm with you. I'm <laughs> still so obsessed with Monster Hunter, which is just not. I'm about to say those Elder yeah, Dragons right. aren't going to kill themselves. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like that's my been my go to game recently. So it's it's very hard to sit back down with The Witcher. It's because of how deep it is, and it's been so long since I beat it. It's been about a year since I beat it. So to try to get myself back into that world again mm-hmm. and get back in that mindset is very difficult. Um, I so. completely understand. Um. So, anything else we want to say about Witcher as far as, like, from, like, a semi-critical standpoint? Um, my final thoughts on it are just a recap of what I would say earlier. I think okay. they do a lot of things right. Uh, a little bit hard to get into at the beginning, but I think that that starts to remedy itself. And I think that the side quests make it interesting enough to where you can stay long enough to get into it. Yeah. Um good game so i guess jessica my my big question for you as far as yes. witcher is is mm-hmm. you, you're only about 20 or so hours in yeah are you gonna keep playing yes oh you are yeah you i'm gonna like keep playing here? uh it's just so oh my god my because i have a folder on my playstation 4 right now and it's called my started folder and it's just like embarrassingly filled with games i don't know if the witcher is going to be immediately what i um like start picking i don't know i, I have a lot of games to play mm-hmm. but i really do like the witcher i want to completely beat it because i know when you first started you weren't you even mentioned earlier you weren't a big fan no I like you. i i mean okay i would not say that i wasn't a big fan i just i was like very like it was very neutral good okay. like i i enjoy playing this it's not the greatest experience i've ever had in my life but it's a good game and yeah. like i enjoy this enough so has it been going has like your your feelings yes. on it been going up yes my okay. feelings are going up okay. I, the more i play the more i like have you finished the bloody baron quest yet no i'm like uh most of the way done though oh, okay so good. yeah it is good so it's very good fucking good so there's so um, many choices in that that just like can totally fuck up your like, what goes on around mm-hmm. you no so. I, I i really enjoy the game though it's interesting um yeah, because I was worried you weren't you wouldn't like it because it is so so high fantasy. I know you like high, no, fantasy. I like high fantasy. I know yeah. you do, but I was worried that it might be a little bit too dense. We were like, I don't want to put the time into this. I'm think, glad I'm glad it's starting to get its claws in you a little bit. I think the biggest thing, and like maybe I'm crazy. I don't remember. Maybe I talked. Maybe I don't know if we talked about it actually on the show with Kaylee two weeks ago, um, or if it was like banter that we had before we actually started recording. But I was talking to Kaylee a little bit about it, and I, we brought up The Witcher. 
like I said, I don't remember if we were recording or not, but we talked. We're like, oh, yeah, Eric's going to be on in a couple weeks and talk yeah. about The Witcher with us. And she was like, the biggest thing with The Witcher, she, and what's funny is she actually did the same thing Eric did. She went from playing Dragon Age Inquisition to The Witcher. She's like, I just missed my characters. Like, I miss my party members, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she's like not having the banter, like, um, you know, when, when you're walking around the world, yep. um, not having, you know, that kind of party that you you feel connected with every different character. Um, that's my biggest thing, I think, with The Witcher that I do kind of miss. But at the same time, the game wouldn't work, I think, as well if you did have a party. You know, it kind of just has to be Lone Wolf Geralt doing his thing. It's a very isolating game. It is. And uh, that's just, I, I agree with you. Like, I love the banter and Bioware games. I love all that. That's great. But for me, it's like, I played Geralt like this, just this lone wolf. It's like kind of how I view Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like Batman, like all the all the characters yeah. are great. All like Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, all these characters are great. But I want Batman like solo. You you don't want the Bat Family. A double entendre for me. <laughs> you don't want the Bat Family. You want you want Bruce Wayne. But I, it's like nineties Batman. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah. I just, I just want mm-hmm. Batman. Like I want that story of like just him. So like going around as Geralt. I just, oh man, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, there's like a, mentally there's like a uh, gauge in my head, like, all right, Eric, you're getting to like peak Witcher here, we're just about to explode, because <laughs> that's what I told Tess, I'm like, I'm worried that like, once I open my mouth, I'm not going to stop, it's just going to wow. flow out, and pretty much that's what no, it's I mean, been no, doing. It's good, I, I like it, we, lo- we love like enthusiasm for games on it, here, that's what we're all about. Especially because like, Jessica and I, we were talking about this before we started recording, like, I finished the game, you're still fairly early on, mm-hmm. and we were worried, we're like, are we really, are we know, we knew it was like your favorite game, so we're like, we really hope that he has a lot to talk about, because it's such a dense game, I feel like we'll skip over stuff, you know? And like, the crazy, and the crazy thing is, we've talked about like, the game itself, but we haven't even gotten to like, the relationship stuff, which, which is, is another. We're going to start actually just, right now. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, segue into <laughs> yeah, segue. segue. Um, <laughs> Eric's a pro at this podcasting yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? This perfect. Is, yeah, perfect little segue. Haven't even talked about the relationships? Well, here we go. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> really, there's two big love interests in Witcher 3. And then there's several little small ones. But yeah, two big ones. Um, and that's Jennifer and Triss. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, you're strongly team Jennifer. I know. I haven't even, like, really encountered Triss, but I'm strongly Team Yennefer. Um, Eric, I take it you're also Team Yennefer. I am very much Team Yennefer. I like Triss a lot. I like Triss a lot, but Team Yennefer. Yennefer is, like, smoking hot. Like, hands down, she's hotter than Triss. But I have such a thing for redheads that, like, like, I'm a sucker for Triss. I'll do anything she says. (laughs) Like, I can't say no to Triss. But, I I mean, to be fair, my Garrett was also a whore and couldn't say no to either of them. And so... Slept with both of them and the witch in the woods and literally anything that had a vagina. Um, so, um, so yeah, I never, and I think that's part of it too, is like, I wish that I had the history from Witcher 1 and 2 because I feel like my choice between Triss and Yennefer would have been a lot easier and like actually meant something to me because I kind of played it like how I kind of played Persona. I was just like, bang anything that moves because um, I think it's funny. But, Yeah. <laughs> Especially the um, Yennefer scene uh, is particularly hilarious. The unicorn? Uh, on the unicorn. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I have a Witcher coloring book. <laughs> and you should get it off Amazon mm-hmm. for $12. It's pretty fantastic. But there's, there's, there's one involving the unicorn. There's a picture involving the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, unicorn! <laughs> and, like, it has the quote. 
I could never, I could never do that on a stuffed unicorn, but I'm glad I could live that out through the game. Yeah, and like the funny thing is, I'm reading the Witcher books right now. Like going back and I'm reading them. Like Geralt hates the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, Yennefer yeah, likes he to does. bang on it, so I'm he like, all right, it. yep, I will do anything you say. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he even says in the game, like, he's like, you still have this old thing? She's like, yeah, it's good for certain things. And he's just like, he just like sighs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So with the Triss and Yennefer thing, I get Tr- Yennefer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before Witcher 1, you are with Yennefer. And at the beginning of Witcher 1, you get amnesia. From that, what I understand. That, sound, that sounds wrong. Right. I apologize. Witcher purist. Um, if... And if you're somebody who's played all the Witchers and we're totally dead wrong about what we're about to say, email us yes. at kisskissgamegame at gmail.com and tell us we're wrong. And we'll yes. correct ourselves in the next episode. Yeah. So you get amnesia. You forget about Yennefer. You meet mm-hmm. Triss, who is also a witch mm-hmm. or a sorceress, sorry, mm-hmm. like Yen- or like Yennefer. And her and Yennefer know each other, I think, at that point. And you kind of start a romantic thing with Triss. Yeah, the sister her. And what a good way to introduce a tri- like a love triangle because like none of it, it makes it to where it's very ambiguous like like what the right thing to do yeah. is because he had amnesia so yeah. it's a very convenient way to like make a love triangle um, without Geralt looking like a really shitty person or one of the women being the bad one you know what I mean it's uh it's a good way to do that. <laughs> hey guys, so this is Andrew really quick. Um, you're not going to hear me most of the rest of the podcast because i died um no so my mic for some reason around right around here just crapped out and just stopped recording and we didn't notice until after i went in to go do all the editing so i had to really trim the rest of the episode to may have it make sense without me in it um, so it might feel a little choppy and disjointed, but I think I did an okay job with getting the real point, the main points across, um, the relationship portion and the questionnaire portion, they might feel a little short compared to what we would normally do. And it's cause I had to cut a lot of it out cause I don't know if you guys know this, but I talk a lot. So when I'm not in there and people are responding to me, it sounds weird. Um, but the most important part of this whole episode arguably is what you're about to hear next. And that's Eric's story about. Uh, his experience with a specific quest in The Witcher. Um, I left it unedited because it was just him talking. And like I said, it's the most important part of this podcast. It's one of my favorite things that we've recorded. Oh, it's probably my favorite thing we've recorded. And I'm really glad that nothing happened with that um, because it is a very moving and strong story. And so I'm glad it is here in an unadulterated form. Um, so... Thank you guys so much for being understanding. Um, I'm going to try to get this mic issue sorted out soon. Uh, Yeah, so enjoy the rest of the episode. Once again, sorry if it sounds weird and choppy. I tried my best. Uh, Love you guys. Bye. Why uh, The Witcher means so much to me is there's, like I said, there's there's a quest where you meet with Yennefer and she wants to harness the power of a djinn, a genie, and uh, so... In the Witcher books, there's a uh, story called The Last Wish. Um, and it talks about how Geralt, Yennefer, and his friend Dandelion deal with an evil djinn uh, in a town. And at the end of this, uh, Geralt makes a wish that uh, him and Yennefer are together forever. 
not necessarily it doesn't work sometimes as like in a relationship together like they will always be part of their lives together um because there are stints where Yennefer just doesn't like Geralt she like hates him and everything but they're still intertwined together so Geralt's thinking like oh you trying to like undo the wish I said and she's like yeah I want to see if what we have is real and um the reason why um, it hurts a lot uh, when I played it is I um, I had an ex. Um, it got, in the end of our relationship, it got to a point where um, I was doing, like, everything I could to, like, make the relationship work. And I could, like, hear it in Geralt's words and everything. He's um, like, do you really still want me to do this? And she's like... She's trying, like, Yennefer is trying to find something where it's like, I don't think, like, what we got's real. I don't think what we got is fine. I don't think we're meant to be together and stuff like that. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just, like, going along as Geralt as he's just sitting there, like, the woman he loves is just, like, telling him all this stuff. And he's just, like, going along with it. And, like, for me, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is me right here. This is exactly what I was. I was trying to do everything to make sure that... Um, I was trying to do everything to make sure that uh, I kept this going. And it just seems like uh, the person I was with didn't want it. Like she thought like um, Yennefer just thought it wasn't, uh, it wasn't real. And so she even makes a point where it's like, all right, we're going to have to do this. Um, and then there's, there's a line when um, that Geralt says, where it's like, well, what if, what if I don't want to? And I can hear in Geralt's voice that he was hurting very bad. He was, it, it came off as monotone, but I could, I could hear it. I heard myself. Um, I was like, I, I don't want this. And so like continuing along uh, through it all, um, it, uh, it hurt a lot. And, um, uh, it was weird, like subconsciously, I wasn't really doing this when I was playing The Witcher, but I was like so broken, like in my actual real life that like in real life, I was, I was promiscuous and, uh, and that's how I kind of was in the game. Like I wasn't even like thinking about it. I was just going around like, ah, oh, Geralt's having fun and everything. And like in actual real life, I was broken just like Geralt. And, um... And so, oh, oh, there come the tears. Um, so, um, now granted, my, my life is different. Like, the, the person who I viewed as Yennefer, I'm not with that person anymore. It's weird. Like, I'm, I much prefer my life now. My life now is wonderful. I got a loving fiance, gonna get married. Things are great. But as I was playing through his Geralt, I just, I connected with that emotion that he had just, I was, I was realizing that something was missing. Something was that like, there was a hole in just in my soul. And I tried to fill it with just fun times. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I know that that's probably hard to talk about. Um, you know, and 
like so like i said thank you for sharing that so was it playing did you kind of start to have that realization while playing the story yeah while i was playing that specific mission i'm like this is exactly how i was like i was like trying it just kind of like all started to dawn on you yeah it was like how i was this is how i was now granted this mission's like later in the game uh Mm -hmm. but like throughout the first bit of the game when like every single woman was going around like i'm trying to find a way to have sex with her like that's yeah. How that's how I was. And so it um it was it's very eye opening and it was um and it's the reason why I connected with that game so much is because I was at that stage. And so Geralt, like I said, Geralt ends up with Yennefer. So I ended up with my Yennefer. So I know it's confusing, like, oh but Geralt was with Yennefer in that quest line, but like that was like that Yennefer was old me. Like, when I romanced Yennefer, I have the Yennefer that Geralt ends up with, and they belong together forever. I have my Yennefer now. And so it's wonderful. Um, And, uh, yeah, sorry if... Oh, welcome to the crying podcast, where we'll just cry and drink. no. Um, don't but, be don't be sad at all, or, or don't be ashamed at all for for crying or feel, feel bad about it. That's and so it just shows how powerful uh, these games have become. It shows how powerful like our this medium is so still so young, but we're able we're able to project ourselves onto these characters and. Uh, feel as though we connect with them on a level. Now, granted, I'm not going to connect with Geralt, who's ripped like a marble statue, uh, <laughs> handsome, good with a sword. I can't. I can't do that right now. Right now, work in progress. But <laughs> um, I, I could <laughs> on your relate. Way I could relate with that particular moment and that moment right there is the reason why the Witcher three is my favorite because I felt a moment of vulnerability just like Geralt did. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just, it's just so great. So thank you for letting me share that. It was, it was very, it kind of ties into the question that you have for the thing, like choosing an old flame or a new one. There was a time, unfortunately, where in my, I was very much a, I used to be a, very much a uh, like a promiscuous like douche, <laughs> I should say. And there was a time when um, my fiance now um, we we tried dating a little bit, but I ruined it. I made the wrong choice. I I I made the stupidest mistake I ever did. But luckily. <laughs> She let me, quote unquote, reload my save. (laughs) And I did the right thing. And now it single-handedly is the greatest thing that's happened to me. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's just so great how sometimes relationships can define who we are. Now, granted, sometimes my relationship is not me. I'm still me. But I would not be here today without 
Tessa, my, my fiance. I would not be here today without her. I can say that with 100% clarity. And I think, I mean, that's the thing with a healthy relationship. You know, I think that in unhealthy relationships, you become less of the person that you are. You become um, the worst version of yourself, you know. Um, and I think that when you're in the right relationship, when you're with somebody who um, builds you up, somebody who makes you feel strong, somebody who makes you feel loved, we become the best versions of ourselves, you know. And I'm not saying that you need that in order to be a fulfilled best version of yourself. You know, there are plenty of single people who um, – who are who are yeah who are exactly who are capable of doing that but i think that um you know humans are social creatures and i think that when you find that person doesn't even necessarily have to be a romantic relationship you know what i mean but when you find that person that your soul kind of connects with um and and you have a good relationship with that person especially in romantic relationships because i feel like you get that deep intimacy there um it just makes you into such a it can build you in ways you didn't think that you were possible it can make you feel like you know you wouldn't be there without this person and um, not in a dependency way, but just in an empowering way, you know, but no, I I love that story and um, shout out to Tessa because Tessa is like such a sweetheart. Um, We, we talked to her um, in our group chat and stuff like that. And uh, she's, she's just such a sweet woman and I'm really happy. It's just so great how in your, you're right, Andrew, our, our, our relationships don't define us. They help us become our true potential. And I realize now that just, Looking back, there were different moments in my life. Uh, I remember there's a quote in Matt Smith's final episode of Doctor Who where he goes, um, we're all different people at different moments in time. All you got to do, now granted I'm paraphrasing here, is just remember the person who you used to be. Like I don't forget how I, I, I don't forget who I used to be. Like I remember who I was at certain points in my life. And then mm-hmm. it's just now I have found, like I said, the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, the person I want to grow up with, the person it's just made me better. She absolutely made me better. And now I'm the best version of me that I can be. And this is why The Witcher 3 is the best damn game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I, I love I love that you brought up that games are relatively new media and that we're still um, there's still just such a a struggle, I think, for people who aren't gamers um, to necessarily um, see them as art. I think that um, as they kind of infiltrate the mainstream, as we see more um, like games award shows that kind of put them on par with like the Oscars and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, not on par, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's be- it's starting to be seen as an art form. Um, you know, and the way that, that movies can move us, the way that books can move us, um, comics, uh, art, just in general, photography, anything, the way that all of these art forms, uh, can move us, we can't ignore that games can do that too, you know, and that's a, a stunning example right now is like what you've said about The Witcher, um, you know, and I feel like for every person out there, there is that game that they're going to play and their heart's going to break or they're going to feel emboldened or they're going to be like, oh my God, is this about me? You know, like I, I don't know. I'm just, it's just, it makes me happy that games are growing because as a child, um, you know, games meant a lot to me. Games made me feel um, less alone. Uh, just, you know, things like that. Like, And I feel like a lot of people who are gamers kind of have that same story. Um, you know, like when I, I was maybe a loner as a child or I was maybe geekier, but I had these fantasy movies or I had these games or I, you know, and so I think that I don't know. I'm just I'm just excited for uh, the rise of technology, for the rise the, the respect of video games as an art form. Um, I love hearing stories like yours, Eric. 
I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I, there's just so much more I could say, but it's just, it just comes down to this. Just The Witcher 3, just hands down for me, it's just, if someone asked me just, what are video games? Now, granted, there are a lot of, like, with most people, it's much better. Like, all right, let me show you what video games are. It's like, all right, here's Super Mario Odyssey. This is what video games can be. Let me show you there's all this other fun stuff. But for me, it's just when people ask me, like, what are video games? It's just I want to show them Witcher 3. And it's like, you don't have to spend the 300 hours that I have. You don't have to do that. Here's what they can be. They can be these, they can rival novels with how they tell stories. They just have this. I know <laughs> we've gone off tangent from the initial uh, relationship question. That's okay. But they, they bring out just such raw human just emotion. And it's just, like you said, Andrew, and it's so wonderful how they brought this raw human emotion out of a man who is emotionless. Um, the... The last thing I'll say about it, um, if I'm not intruding no, on anyone totally here, sorry if I am. The last thing I'll say about it is at the end of the final expansion pass, Blood and Wine, there's a moment where like, you finished everything, you finished all the stuff. Um, Gerald is sitting with his friend. It's like nighttime. They're sitting by a campfire and just... Uh, CD Projekt Red, we knew going into this, this would be Geralt's last adventure, last game. Like, this will be the last Witcher game with Geralt. And so, like I said, this is my first Witcher game. I've had all this experience, all this wonderful time. And then the last line that Geralt does, he just, uh, he asks him a question, like, oh, do you feel like uh, you want to go out and do something? And again, this, I haven't played this, I haven't seen this moment in two years, so the wording may be off a little, but he just, Geralt's like, uh, yeah, you know what? And then Geralt looks at the camera, well, camera, he looks at you and just goes, I've had enough venture, adventure to last a lifetime of something of that nature. And I'm like, wow. He, it was just, we went on this adventure together. And that scene, like him looking at me, like breaking fourth wall breaking, it's wonderful and cool. But like that moment right there, it was just that signified I wasn't playing Geralt. I was along for the ride. So I'm controlling Geralt with mouse and keyboard controller. I wasn't doing that in my mind. I was like, I wasn't doing that. I was just a bystander just looking at Geralt and he was making all these moves. I went on that adventure. I love The Witcher. <laughs> hey guys, Andrew again really quick. So we're just going to transition into the uh, reader response part of the show. Uh, we only had one response in, so Jessica's going to go ahead and take it from here. And that means that one listener gets the $10 gift card. So congratulations. Uh, you know what? That's all my fault, though. I am the one who posted the question literally yesterday um, just because we've been so incredibly busy this week. Normally, we post it on a Monday. So that was five days late. It was all on me. And then I was really busy with exams. and But we did get one question. I was really <laughs> thrilled because we literally got it about 20 minutes before um, we started recording. So um, 
thank you one person uh we will send you your ten dollar gift card and you are awesome okay so i'll go ahead and i will read the email hi friends i hope you're doing well i have two stories stories wow i have two stories regarding old and new love interests i don't ever think that i told them to you Okay, so it's fall 2010. I'm a sophomore at, let's call it, Anonymous State School University, or ASU. <laughs> My girlfriend and I had gotten to a fight about something. I don't remember what it was. I, maybe it was that I forgot the anniversary of us holding hands or something. <laughs> anyway, but- we were taking a break. Out of nowhere, one of my former girlfriends from high school contacts me. She currently went to the nearby um, Friendly University for Creative Kids. Fuck. which was only about an hour and a half south of my school. We began talking and our relationship started to rekindle. Hashtag Kindle fire. (laughs) After about a week of taking a break, my girlfriend wanted to make up. At this point, I hadn't really mentioned my relationship status to my high school girlfriend. Somehow, my ex found out that I was in a relationship. I don't know, Facebook or something. She called me. We talked. She yelled. I had the phone near my ear. She said she didn't want to be friends anymore, and that was that. My girlfriend and I dated for about another year before we broke up. That freed me for my second story. It's now winter of 2012. I attended the wedding of a friend of mine, single. She attempted to set me up with one of her bridesmaids. This is a completely different story from the one that I told a month ago, by the way. (laughs) So that's like to us. He told us that story. Um, Anyway, this bridesmaid girl was pretty cool. We had fun at the wedding. I got her number and then we went our separate ways. Um, Hashtag journey. (laughs) So this bridesmaid girl um, lived in a state about nine hours away from me. So we would Skype, play words with friends, and I really liked her, but I didn't think that um, the relationship could be um, long distance. Around this time, I began doing research at the wonderful Ask You. During my research, I met another girl. We started talking and eventually started dating. One of my friends who also attended the previously mentioned wedding asked me why I hadn't talked to the bridesmaid about all of this. I hadn't thought it necessary. Hashtag we weren't not, or not Facebook official. <laughs> but I sent her a text explaining that I was now dating someone. We're still Facebook friends, but we don't talk. My girlfriend and I broke up a few years later. Hashtag single life. Miss you guys. <laughs> what a whirlwind. <laughs> Somebody's a real ladies man. <laughs> that was quite an adventure. All right, guys. So um, that's pretty much the end of the episode at this point. Um, the rest of it is mostly just us kind of blabbing around, goofing off. Um, once again, thank you so much to Eric for coming out um, and joining us on the podcast and donating at the Patreon tier of $30. It means so much, the support that him and all the rest of you guys have shown us over these last two months have been um, more than we could have ever asked for or imagined. Uh, I still can't believe that you guys uh put so much trust and faith in us to uh just talk about video games and uh donate your hard-earned money to us uh so thank you guys so much for uh those of you that you don't donate on patreon thank you still for listening subscribing uh and spreading the word on twitter i mean you guys have been so great everyone has been so great about sharing and interacting and um just spreading the word which means so much um if you want to help out uh, like, review, subscribe on your podcast service of choice. Spread the word on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, like our page. Uh, if you can donate on Patreon, please do. We really appreciate it. It helps us uh, get new equipment. And because everything that we get on Patreon goes right back into this project. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Eric, for coming out once again. You can follow him on Twitter and at Twitch at Eric C. Ginn at G I N N. Um, he streams uh, usually every Sunday and Monday afternoon. Uh, he's It's a lot of fun to jump in and watch. Uh, Jessica and I are in there sometimes. Uh, lots of Overwatch, so that's always a blast. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with, um, we don't know yet. We're still uh, locking down some schedules with some guests and stuff like that. But you guys will know uh, sooner this time rather than uh, this past time where you guys had 24 hours um, for the question. So yeah, we'll make sure to post that as soon as possible. Get you guys' response. And once again, don't forget that if you do submit a response for the questions, um, you can get a $10 gift card to the video game platform of your choice. Jessica's coming in. Heck yeah, you can get that gift card. Oh my god. <laughs> do you have anything else to add? Um... I think all of our listeners are really, really cute. Okay. Um, sorry once again that this episode got so fucking scrambled. Um, recording it uh, has just been a mess. Um, we were losing audio at points where we couldn't hear Eric. He couldn't hear us. And then, yeah, my microphone cut out. So I. So really the real MVP of the night is Andrew, who just had to edit this nightmare and is now recording these voiceovers. Um, thank you, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. I haven't slept since 9 a.m. yesterday. It's Sunday at 7 p.m., so it's been almost 36 hours. I'm going to go to bed. I love you all.